me, and I know it's not. <laughs> I think I will say that was slightly better than our first okay. attempt, so. Okay. <laughs> As you can tell, we're still not together. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, like, completely forgot that, like, we are actually recording now, and, like, I need to, like, talk and explain things. <laughs> we don't podcast. No, no, we're not. We haven't been doing this for, like, three years. It's fine. Um, anyway, welcome back to another episode of Honestly. A podcast! With Zoe and Logan. That was Logan. And that was Zoe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Alright. Alright. Um, Coming together. Yeah, you know, just another another week of this, uh, this Zoom podcasting thing. <laughs> it's not the, um, the ideal method. <laughs> no, not. As discussed mm. earlier. <laughs> something at least we can do our spooky episodes exactly it's it's better than nothing um and you know hopefully at some point in the future we can reassess uh being together (laughs) be nice in the same physical space um but in the meantime this is what we've got (laughs) at least we have our halloween intro (laughs) Spooky Halloween! Spooky Halloween! Um, how have you been in the past week since we last recorded? It feels um, like it's been at least five weeks mm-hmm. <laughs> since we last recorded. Yeah. Every day is longer than the last. <laughs> we are struggling. Yeah, very, very that. that Truly this week in terms of, like, work, like, each day, like you said, has just felt somehow longer than the last. Like, it started off, like, the days felt long, like, on Monday. Yeah. And it's just gotten so much worse. (laughs) It's, like, painful. It's painful. Yes. Because you're like, okay, another day, we're closer to the weekend than we were before, Mm -hmm. it's gonna be fine. You sit down, you're at work for six hours, and it's only 10.30. (laughs) And you're like, no! Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's upsetting. It's sad. It hurts my feelings. (laughs) Yes, my feelings are incredibly hurt by time. And it's like, it's so, it's so annoying because it's like, realistically I have nothing else going on you know like work at least like fills the days like if I wasn't working then like I would just be staring at a wall for 12 hours so like at least it gives me something to do but like at what cost (laughs) that's exactly it it's like okay thank you but I don't want it no no it's yeah it's it's good but it's bad very it's just i want to be horizontal all day yeah at least for a couple weeks and then maybe go back to doing that i know i just feel like i i just need to like sleep for like a week straight (laughs) i need one of those like when you go somewhere and you come back and you like sleep for like 13 hours and then you're like where am i i need one of those sleeps that's what happened when i got back from hawaii last year i slept for like 16 hours (laughs) yes i want that i was like whoa (laughs) i want what past logan had oh god same (laughs) me too Uh, oh no you're frozen oh you're back there we go oh no I'm back. You're back. Everything's You fine. froze for a second, but I could still hear you. 
And I was like, all right, we're doing something. We love it. We love the technical difficulties. Um, Yeah, so, you know, work is work. (laughs) Work is work. Um, I've gone insane and have decided to build props from movies. Like, I don't know what's happening to my brain. No, like, you fully, like, pivoted (laughs) to just being, like, a prop master. (laughs) I don't know what happened. Something snapped. This snapped. Something finally snapped. I made Audrey, too. She's Mm -hmm. done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now I'm building a giant sandworm. I am obsessed. Um, I really think that you need to post a picture of Audrey too on some sort of wow. social media because the world deserves to see her. <laughs> she needs to be seen. You should like start like an Instagram page for like all of your like prop creations. <laughs> like people do with their pets, but it's just my weird. It's just my mental illness. <laughs> it's like it's cute when it's animals, but this. <laughs> This is this is sinister. This is too much. <laughs> this woman Me is unwell. The dollar store with bags of clay. Like, <laughs> do they sell clay at the dollar store? They do. Oh. That's where that's where I got it from. Is Wow, I haven't been to the dollar store in seven months. So. <laughs> I had to wait in a line. It was a lot. People didn't follow the arrows. Oh, I, I haven't left my house in like three weeks like genuinely have not yeah. gone farther than my driveway in three weeks <laughs> it's insane the world that in, where i just like i can't like i need to i need to not be inside anymore what will i make next i i can't wait to find out <laughs> who knows <laughs> Okay, so I haven't been doing props, but I um, have low-key gotten into embroidery. <laughs> love that. <laughs> love this journey. Love, love a craft. Um, yeah, because, like, I wanted to get, like, one of those, like, embroidery kits, like, back at the beginning of quarantine, yes. and I was like, I need something to do for a couple of weeks. <laughs> Keep me occupied yeah. for the month I'll be inside. Exactly. But, like, back at the beginning of core, like... Amazon, like, I know it's problematic, like, sorry, but, like, that's where I get things occasionally. Um, They were, like, completely, like, back-ordered on stuff because, like, they were so inundated with orders, so it was, like, nothing was, like, shipping for, like, a month. And so I was, like, well, there's no point in getting anything because, like, we'll be out of this. So, like... It'll be done by the end. I played myself. Like, that's fine. So, anyway, now that we're getting into, like, fall and winter and, like, depression months, I was, like, I need... I need things to, like, occupy myself, just, like, other than, like, watching TV and movies, which, don't get me wrong, I love, but let's stimulate the old brain (laughs) or something. So What's left of her needs to start doing something. Yeah, no, like, the two brain cells that I have left, like, (laughs) so I got, um, three different embroidery, like, kits or like I don't even know like what you would call them but anyway off of Amazon so I've like started working on one um and so that's been kind of a nice a nice thing um so I've done that and then I also got one of those things that you were telling me about like way back when where it's like the paint by numbers but it's not paint it's like the little like rhinestone things (laughs) I finally got one of those it's like 
I'll have to send you a picture at some point. I haven't done it yet, but like it's like a like a bunch of succulents in the shape of a heart. Love that. So Love that'll be another fun. Whenever those activity. ads come up, I can't stop watching them until the full ad is done. When they're like, doo, I know doo, it's like mesmerizing, um, and it's like I like. I like things like that, so I've like I've like liked the embroidery because it's just like repetitive tasks, yeah. and I'm like I like this. I can just sit yeah. here and like focus on it. Um, so that's like my my creative outlet right now. I love that. Haven't haven't um graduated to like full on prop making like some people. Yes. <laughs> yes. But give me a few more months in core, and I don't know. Who knows? Is it like different stitches, or is it just like the cross stitch kind of? It's different stitches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, so I I have learned two different stitches so far, um, which is exciting because I knew none before. So. Hey, progress! You know, aside from just like a simple sewing stitch. Better than some. Exactly. So that's that's fun. That's it's a fun it's exciting. A fun personality trait that I have now, I guess. I like it. We're just gonna be fiber artists. <laughs> My dream in life. You should get like really into it to the point where you start buying like embroidery themed like tote bags and mugs from like Etsy. Oh my god, yes. Yeah. Like <laughs> I was trying to come up with like a pun or something, too, but I but like my brain could not get there. I was like stitches, bitches. I like couldn't quite like bitches make stitches. Ooh, Ooh. yeah. Ooh. Um, it's like I'm clearly not like well versed enough in like the embroidery community to like, make a joke. <laughs> Don't you know? Take that from them. I know I don't. Like I certainly I don't want to overstep. Like I am no. new here. <laughs> Oh no, they they are broken. They are broken. Broke. (laughs) Yes. Um. Aside from your prop making, have you been watching anything, listening to anything, reading anything? Last weekend, I watched all of the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror episodes on Disney Plus, which is the most I have ever used Disney Plus. Truly, yeah. Like that's it. There's so many, and it was so good to just just watch full spooky themed things uh, for two days like my yes. two days of freedom i did spooky things i love that other than that that's really the only content i have consumed other than like youtube mm-hmm. the frenemies podcast with church of Pants. oh my god oh my god i'm so mad i meant to watch like their most recent episode today and then i completely forgot it will get you through Friday. Yeah, I like needed to know like if the issue had been resolved. <laughs> yes and no. Okay, great, great. Yeah. As you can imagine. Yeah, that that tracks. <laughs> yeah, Trisha sounded like she was medicated in this episode, so she was calmer and was able to have like a rational okay conversation. Whereas the last episode. No, that was that was um, that was alarming. Just like how vicious she was. (laughs) And like, "Mm, okay, I know it's just like you. Like we've all like known a person who like gets like that in like an argument or something, and it was just like so triggering actually to watch. (laughs) It is because it's like you can't argue with that. Like Mm -hmm. there's no arguing with that because it's not even like 
they have anything good to say, they're just gonna go, mm-hmm, yeah, okay. exactly. Do whatever you say, and it's like, all right, there's no point, but I do feel terrible. That's <laughs> so exactly. thank you. What about you? What content have you been consuming? Oh my goodness! Thank you so much for asking. <laughs> um, <laughs> I haven't really been watching anything particularly new or different, um, but I've been. I've, I've, breakdown crying um I don't know why that was so difficult for me to say um but I've been you know expanding my musical horizons and by expanding my musical horizons I mean listening to artists that I've already listened to but just like really getting into it yeah um I've really gotten into Ali and AJ love that <laughs> in the last few days it took too long it took too long it took too long for yeah. you to come um I don't even remember like how but like one of their like most recent songs because like they like still make music like to this day like have like current stuff um one of their like most recent songs like came up on Spotify when I was listening to something and I was like this is a bop and so I was like maybe I should like delve into their discography a little bit more and so they have two EPs out One's called Sanctuary, and one- I'm looking at my phone to, like, reference things. One's called Sanctuary, and one's called Ten Years. They're both fantastic. They have a cover of Slow Burn by Casey Musgraves, which was really good. That's Um, right up your alley. Right up my alley, exactly. And then the song that I had, like, initially heard that, like, piqued my interest, it's called Joan of Arc on the Dance Floor, and it is just, like, full-on Boppington. So good. I love that as a title, also. Yeah. It sounds like it's gonna be a good song. Everything about it is great. I would highly recommend. I, like, have, like, followed them on Instagram. I was, like, looking at their merch earlier. I was like, do I need an Allie and AJ (laughs) t-shirt? Yes. A pullover sweater. It's work from home attire. Exactly. It's a a business expense. I'm just a big Allie and AJ stan right now. Um, I've also been listening to The Vamp's new album, which is called Cherry Blossom. <laughs> I like that side eye. <laughs> Make Cherry sure I get Blossom. that right. Um, it's really great. That came out like last week. Um, just bop to bop. So good. Um, <laughs> they just, we love like a little, little poppy boy band. And this is. Do. You have to. This is, you know, they coming back with like a slightly like more mature sound, I guess. But it's really, really good. Like the whole album, like no skips. So that's oh. how you know. Um, so I've been listening to that a lot. And then also, I feel like she's just been everywhere. But, like, Miley Cyrus has been, like, doing covers. And, like, yes. everyone's been talking about, like, the Heart of Glass cover, which is really good. But she recently did a cover of Zombie by the Cranberries, which was, like, mind-blowingly good. Her voice is so good. Like, I just, I don't know how people can, like, deny that she's talented. I know. And I feel like, I mean, like, everybody's been saying it. But, like, she's so well-suited to, like, that more like rocky kind of yeah. sound. So I've been like loving this like cover phase that she's album going through. Album of covers. Album of covers. I know. Album of covers. So I've just been like listening to her zombie cover and obviously the Heart of Glass one and also Midnight Sky, which is like the single that she released there a while ago. I'm just like very excited for this era of Miley, you know? I'm glad that love she's it. kind of going back to her Caucasian roots. So. I also love her mullet. I think, I think like, it's a good look. I just, I can't get over people who can, like, pull off mullets. Like, that to me is amazing. Like, that girl I showed you that one time who has, like, a rainbow mullet. Yes. And, like, how does that look good? I know. Like, it, like, objectively should not look good. 
but it like some people can just pull it off and I'm amazed. Like couldn't be me. Wish it was. But yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much it. Just been listening to like a lot of music, um, kind of not not really on the podcasting train as much recently, except for like you know the usuals that I listen to every week. But I'm like more into like a music phase right yeah. now. Yeah, it comes in it comes in waves. It does. It does. <laughs> you there, have to switch it up. There are some periods of time where I'm like <laughs> I want to listen to nothing but podcasts. Yeah. And then there are other times where I'm like, I just want to listen to music constantly. So. Sometimes a podcast get too much. We say as we're making a podcast. They but get too sometimes much, you just like stop one. talking. <laughs> uh, anyway, it is week three of our Halloween spooktacular. Um, and we are, we are back. <laughs> we're here to bring you another spooky themed episode. Um, and if you've followed us for any period of time that we've done this podcast and we've done our Halloween episodes, this has been a staple every year. We always do a My Favorite Murder themed episode, um, even though I don't even listen to that podcast anymore. And I think like you just kind of like hate listen to it. I do. I listen to it. And sometimes I'm like, yes, guys, like we're doing it right again. And then other times it's just like. I just feel like a lot of the time they talk with such, like, authority on things where I'm like, you don't really get to say that, do yeah. you? No, that's <laughs> exactly it. <laughs> and it's just like, okay. Or they'll be like, it's so much work that we're getting paid so much money to, like, read you a story we got off Wikipedia. Like, <laughs> like ma'am. <laughs> like, that's my dream. Like, I would love to be paid to do that. <laughs> we're doing it right now for free. For free. Um, yeah, so this is going to be a My Favorite Murder themed episode, so if you've never listened to My Favorite Murder, we are each going to take some time to describe a specific murder, so if that's not your jam, that's totally fine. Feel free to just exit on out. It will be troubling. (laughs) You know, so just like a a gentle trigger warning for, you know, murder, etc. Trigger warning, murder. (laughs) Just episode title. <laughs> um, do you want to go first, or should I go first? Oh, I don't. Whatever you want. I went first for the the crypt cryptids. Cryptids. <laughs> so it's up to you. Okay, I I will go first. Okay. For this week's episode, so. I, you know this because we were talking about it the other day in a group chat that we have, but I watched the first couple of episodes of the new season of Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix, and there was one case in particular that I was extremely intrigued by, and I was like, you know what? This is it. This is the murder I'm going to do. Here so it is. Here we go. Sorry, that kind of gives away the fact that it's unsolved, but... <laughs> okay, so... Um, on June 1995, Jennifer Fairgate was found dead in her hotel room in Oslo, Norway. Spooky. I can't hear you all of a sudden. Oh, there we go. (laughs) Oh, okay. I was like, oh no. (laughs) Such a nightmare. Literally, as it starts, the microphone's working as we get to the episode theme. It's just like that. Um, Yes, okay. So Jennifer Fairgate is found dead in her hotel room in Oslo, Norway. So, on May 31st, 1995, 
this woman, Jennifer, had checked into room 2805 at the Oslo Plaza Hotel in Norway at approximately 10.45 p.m. And then the check-in form that she filled out also included a second person named Louis Fairgate, which is relevant. Um, <laughs> what, if it, what if it just wasn't relevant? No, it's like just... <laughs> Just a fun I'm like, bit. fine though, that's definitely gonna happen. I'd be like, and all these people, they never come up again. <laughs> <laughs> so, for reasons unknown, Jennifer was not asked to provide any sort of identification at the time of check-in, nor was this, like, Louis Fairgate person Lewis. that was also <laughs> Louis that was also on the check-in form. Just, like, no identification, which is super weird, right? Like, we've all been to hotels, like, you need to usually provide some sort of identification for, like, I don't know, legal purposes. So anyway, the receptionist who was on duty at the time vaguely recalls Jennifer being alone when she checked in. However, another receptionist is certain that she saw Jennifer accompanied by a man who was approximately between the ages of 35 and 40 years old. So already there are some discrepancies, okay? So between Thursday, June 1st and Saturday, June 3rd, Three attempts were made to get in touch with Jennifer after a receptionist discovered that Jennifer and Lewis had exceeded the credit limit for their room. And then further investigation reveals that neither guest had actually provided a credit card upon checking in. So no ID and no credit card. Like, how did these people get a room? (laughs) No, she's like, can we have a room? Sure. Like, insane. And so it's like, all these charges are being racked up with like room service and stuff like that. It exceeds whatever the limit is for the room. And then they realize, oh, we don't even have, like, a method of payment for these people. So anyway, the receptionist calls housekeeping only to find out that no one has been in to clean the room since Thursday. All Friday and Saturday, there was a do not disturb sign hanging on the door. Okay. Right? (laughs) All right. Already (laughs) sensing some weirdness. (laughs) So I don't trust a lot of this. No, nor should you. But that's okay. So upon hearing this news that no one's been in to clean the room for two days and there's been like a do not disturb sign on the door, um, the receptionist begins to sense trouble and alerts hotel security. So at begins a pro- to sense <laughs> just trouble. begins. Just like a slight, just a smidge of trouble. Like, uh oh. <laughs> So at approximately 7.50 p.m. on Saturday, June 3rd, a hotel security guard knocks on the door of room 2805, and then moments later, the security guard hears what he believes to be a gunshot coming from inside the room. Startling. Not what you (laughs) want to hear. Not what you want. I'm gonna be honest. (laughs) Like, that is, that's not the vibe, that's not the wave. Like, you don't want to hear a gunshot, like, when you just knock on the door to a room. So... At this point, the security guard is under the impression that there are two people staying in the room. This Jennifer woman and Lewis. Exactly. (laughs) I told you, you'd come up again. Um, So he kind of withdraws from the door and waits in the hallway for a few minutes. Um, But then he decides to just take the elevator back downstairs to alert his manager and call the police. Because he's like, this is super weird. (laughs) There's a gunshot. Like, I don't. Danger. Danger. You know? Uh (laughs) Danger. So at this time, the hotel room is then left unattended for 15 minutes because he goes downstairs, gets his manager, and then by the time the manager gets back upstairs, it's 8.05 p.m. So just 15 minutes have gone by. The room's been unattended. Okay. Perhaps not the best way to manage the situation. (laughs) I feel like... (laughs) 
maybe something else I could have been done, but <laughs> hey, hindsight, you know? You know, 2020, baby. So the security manager gets back upstairs. He opens the door to the hotel room and he notices that it's been double locked from the inside, meaning that only security staff would be able to get in, like no other hotel employee would be able to do that like the security guards had like special room access so he's like weird like noted (laughs) okay we'll take that into account let's jot that down so upon opening the door the hotel manager detects a sour smell and observes a woman on the bed he calls out to her and calls out but like receives no response so at that point he decides to wait outside the room until the police arrive, which takes another 30 minutes. Okay. Just, okay. There's a lot of waiting. <laughs> a lot of time has passed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, once the police arrive, they find Jennifer laying dead in the bed with a single gunshot wound to her forehead and a 9mm Browning pistol in her right hand. So, right away, kind of reads as a suicide. Yeah. You know? Um... So initial investigation reveals that both key cards are in the room, the room was double locked from the inside, and there was no sign of other people having stayed in the room. So based on all of that, they're like, well, she killed herself. She committed suicide, like, pretty open and shut. Um, However, some questions start to be raised. And first and foremost, the way that she was holding holding the gun in her hand was insane. Like, it was, like, like a pistol, like a handgun. Yeah. But it was, like, her thumb was on the trigger. It's like she was holding it upside down almost. Like, her thumb was on the trigger, and then, like, her fingers were holding, like, the back of the gun or, like, the handle of the gun. It was super weird. It's like, yeah. that's not how anybody would hold a gun. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> like, even, even if you're not, like, familiar with firearms, like, I don't <laughs> think that would be, like, your first choice. <laughs> That's, yeah, that seems uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, so that was kind of weird. And then they noticed that all of the labels on her clothes that are in the hotel room and that she's wearing have been cut out. There are no labels in any of them, so it makes it virtually impossible to trace where any of them are from or anything like that, which they find what? weird. <laughs> That's very weird. Right? And then... There were no personal items in the room, like no passport, no wallet, no credit card, no license, no keys, no purse. Like there was nothing. There wasn't even- No carnival, no games. No carnival, no games. Exactly. There wasn't even toiletries or makeup. Like there was absolutely nothing that would indicate that like somebody was staying here almost. Yeah. And then finally, investigators realized that Jennifer Fairgate isn't even the woman's real name. So she's completely unidentified, <laughs> which is insane. Just, they have, they have no idea who this woman is, and there's nothing in her room, in her possessions, that would indicate who she is. Okay, so no ID, mm-hmm. <laughs> no credit card, mm-hmm. not a real name. Not a real name. I feel like perhaps some of this could have been avoided by um, the concierge. <laughs> Yeah, I do feel like um, there there was an issue right from the get-go. <laughs> Just, like, pre-murder, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there was maybe some, like, business issues. Yeah, no, I do think that they need to, like, reevaluate, maybe go through, like, some training sessions yeah. with staff. <laughs> Things we need, their name, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> confirmation that that is correct. Like, I don't know. 
Um, okay, so another weird observation was that despite having four jackets, one blouse, one sweater, and four bras, like, packed in the room or, like, hanging up in the closet, Jennifer had no pants, skirts, or other attire for, like, the lower half of her body, except for a pair of pajama shorts that she was wearing at the time of her death. So, like, lots of, like, upper body clothing, but, like, nothing for, like, the waist down. Just Winnie the Poohing it. (laughs) She's like, the gams need to breathe. What can I say? Like, I certainly don't want to sit here and, like, judge anyone's fashion choices, but, like, it does seem odd. Um, It does seem odd also in Oslo. (laughs) Yeah, like, not exactly, like, a tropical locale. (laughs) It was so funny because there was um, a journalist who, like, researched this case extensively and wrote about it, and he said, like, when he was looking at, like, crime scene photos and stuff, like, he noticed, like, the clothing thing was kind of weird, and so, like, he showed it to, like, female friends of his and they were immediately like well where are the pants like where are the skirts like it's such like like why would you have like shirts and jackets but like no other pants or skirts or anything to wear like it's super bizarre so excuse me the suicide theory is then further debunked when investigators discover um that despite there being blood spatter all the way up to the ceiling there's no blood found on either of her hands and there was no gunshot residue so it's like, mm. and if she was holding the gun in, in an insane way, exactly, which she I feel was, like perhaps there would be more. Yeah. both of those things, and like they were like like investigators and stuff on the episode of Unsolved Mysteries that I was watching, like they were demonstrating like what would happen if if she had held the gun the way that she had and then shot herself. It's like there would have been blowback onto her hand, and like there certainly would have been gunshot residues. So yeah, very weird. So like at this point. They're fairly convinced that it's not a suicide, but they literally have, like, nothing else to go on. So, when checking into the hotel, Jennifer had indicated that she was from a small city in Belgium called Verlaine, which is a real city, but the street address, postal code, and phone number that she provided were fake. (laughs) Okay, Jennifer, Mm -hmm. I have some questions. Yeah. And so this journalist who then went on to, like, investigate and report on the case, like, he goes to this place, like, small little town in Belgium, and, like, is asking people and, like, asking around. He's like, does anybody know who this woman is? Like, he has, like, a picture of her. And again, it's, like, a very small town, so there's, like, 5,000 people or, like, less yeah. than that that live there. So it's, like, there's a good chance that, like, you you could find somebody who would know her. Yeah. No one has any recollection of this woman, like, ever living there, ever, you know, being there for any length of time. But the journalist is kind of, like, confused because he's, like, like, the address and postal code were incorrect, but they weren't, like, completely wrong for that location. It's, like, I think the street, if I remember correctly, the street name was real. It was just, like, the number that she had put was wrong. And then, like, the postal code was, like, the right, like, first number of letters or something but it was not completely right so it's like she clearly had some sort of knowledge of the area but like wasn't providing legitimate information but no one knows who this woman is like he was asking like the former mayor and like just no one knows and like even if you didn't like know her personally like I'm sure someone would be like oh that's like so and so's like cousin or something like someone would know of her. But there is absolutely nothing. There was, like, no indication that this woman had ever lived there or 
known anybody who'd lived there, so it was super weird. So the coroner was able to determine that Jennifer, quote unquote, (laughs) was roughly 30 years old, which was weird because on her check-in form, she indicated that she was 21. So that was like another like super weird discrepancy in all of this. And then the gun at the crime scene only had a partial serial number on it, which perhaps indicates that it had been tampered with to avoid identification. And then also found at the scene was a briefcase containing nothing but 25 bullets. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Jennifer, what's going on, babe? (laughs) I don't know. Just, it was, like, truly the weirdest thing is, again, like, in the episode, like, they show, like, a picture of, like, the briefcase or the bag or whatever, and it's just, like, this big black bag with just bullets inside of it. Nothing else. It's bizarre. When I go on vacation, personally, Mm -hmm. I pack several shirts, no pants, and 25 bullets. Yeah, no, that's all you need. (laughs) That's my checklist. Also, no toothbrush. No toothbrush, nothing. So, based on key card records, Jennifer was not present in her room between 12.34 a.m. on Thursday, June 1st, and 8.50 a.m. on Friday, June 2nd. So, like, a full, like... 24 plus hours where she just wasn't in the room and they have no idea where she was (laughs) i feel like i'm going crazy no i know like it's so like everything about this is so ludicrous because like nothing makes sense it's the weirdest thing and like oh that was like the other thing um she was staying on like the 28th floor of the apartment or not the apartment building the hotel building (laughs) I mean you're not wrong I'm not wrong it just sounds weird um she was staying like the 28th floor and if I remember correctly it's like the hotel didn't have like balconies or anything like that like it was just like they had like windows that like kind of opened or something so it was like like if somebody where were you and like if somebody else was like in the room and like presumably like killed you like where did they go how did they get out so anyway um, wasn't present in a room for like 24 plus hours super weird yeah. and then on Friday June 2nd she extends her stay until the following Sunday Um, so that's kind of weird because it's just like why are you here in the first place and like now why are you like extending your stay for like almost a week Yeah. and then at approximately 8pm on that Friday she orders room service and then that's the last time that she's seen alive is when the food arrives approximately 20 minutes later. So basically numerous theories about Jennifer have been considered such as her being um, part of a failed drug operation or working for a secret intelligence agency, being a high class escort or even being the missing wife of an Italian mobster. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Um, That's an interesting one. I know. But despite all of the theories, the case remains unsolved to this day, and they still have no idea what her actual identity is. Um, Like, it's been 25 years, you know, pictures have been circulated, no one has come forward to say, oh, I know this woman, or like, I know who she is. So, on Wednesday, June 26th, 1996, on my second birthday, um... 
So a little over a year after the death of Jennifer, uh, she was buried in an unmarked grave at Oslo's Vester Graveland Cemetery. I probably said that completely <laughs> not right. Um, but yeah, it's insane. Like, it's just, it's the weirdest thing. Because, like, like, what happened? Where, like, you were saying, like, where would that person go? It, like, it's so Like, bizarre. it's not a suicide. No, like, <laughs> I think we can... can pretty much rule that out. And it's like, because, like, you think, oh, like, the room was left unattended for, like, 15 minutes, like, after the gunshot went off. So, like, you could just think, like, oh, like, maybe, like, whoever, like, shot her then just, like, left the room. But it was double locked from the inside. So it's like, you... Like, what? <laughs> she was a spy. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's it. That's, like, that was kind of the theory that they were really leaning towards in the Unsolved Mysteries episode, was that, like, she was, like, a spy. Because that was the other thing, like, there was some debate that she might be German, because some people had, um, like, reported that like, they had either heard her speaking German or heard her speaking, like, with a German accent. Mm-hmm. So, like... There's, like, that connection. But, like, truly nobody knows what happened. I think they, like, exhumed her body in 2016 and they were able to get, like, a DNA profile from it. So, like, they have her DNA, but, like, she's not in any sort of system, so they have nothing to, like, match it to. But it's just, like, so many weird things and nothing adds up. And I'm just like, what happened? I just, like, caught a glimpse of myself, like, listening to you and I'm like... (laughs) <laughs> looks so confused like flabbergasted <laughs> I hate like I love things like that because mm-hmm. you're like what does that mean but then I hate it because you're like no but seriously what does that mean I know <laughs> like, like what is, happened this is my thing like I normally don't like unsolved mysteries like I hadn't really watched any of the other episodes of it because I do find it so frustrating but um my mom and I ended up watching a couple of the new episodes and like I was just so like fascinated by this one because I was like I none of this makes sense like who was this woman why has no one come forward over any of the past 25 years to say like oh that's my sister that's my daughter that's like my niece like nobody has like I was saying this to my mom I'm just like you'd think like just one person would randomly be like oh yeah her she was in my Pilates class like (laughs) Like, literally, though. Like, oh, I ran into her at the grocery store one time. She was, like, super weird. Exactly. But there seems to be, like, no record of this woman. And then it's, like, how did somebody get in or out of that hotel room if they did kill her? Like, my theory that I'm operating under is that, like, I think they would have, whoever killed her would have had to have had cooperation from somebody who worked at the hotel. Because why else would they have been able to check in without ID or a credit card? So I think maybe she did check in with some guy who was named Lewis or whatever. Maybe that was the other guy. And then, like, I don't know. Did he escape through, like, the vents or something? Like, where did he go? When the security guard left for 15 minutes, did he (laughs) somehow have a security thing to get out? I know. It's so weird. It's so weird. I don't know. Um, But yeah, as I said, there's an Unsolved Mysteries episode in the new season about this case. So it's really good. I recommend watching it. And then I got... 
most of my information for writing this from the article that that journalist wrote. It's like super in-depth and so much more detail than what I went into here. And then also there's like a Reddit page about it. So I will, I'll post those links at some point, like on Twitter, once we like post about the episode, but yeah, very good Reddit comes through with like the murder conspiracy. I know. It's, it's, you can fall down holes very quickly. That was so good. I need to go watch Unsolved Mysteries, the second volume now. Yeah. Watch the first one. I didn't even know there was, like, a second volume until <laughs> you and Allie yesterday were like, have you watched it? I was like... You're like, wait, what? What? <laughs> what now? Well. Oh, man. I feel like mine is super long. I feel like I always go way overboard. <laughs> but that's what we're going to get. That's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I'm doing the mysterious disorder. I just did the exact. <laughs> like you were right, Logan. But you actually you just did didn't say mine. anything the entire time that I was doing mine. <laughs> I'm like, that's why I kept emphasizing Lewis because he's in mine too. Okay, I'm doing Randy Craft, aka the Scorecard Killer. Yes, I was like, I could not for the life of me remember what you were doing. I know that you had told me, but yes. Yes. <laughs> Here we go. Randolph Stephen Kraft <laughs> was born in Long Beach, California, March 19th, 1945. The fourth child and only son born to Opal Lee <laughs> and Harold Herbert Kraft. None of these names are real. Love first it. Of all. <laughs> like, not, you don't exist. <laughs> He was the baby of the family, so he was constantly showered with affection from his mother and sisters. However, Mm. his father, Harold, was always quite distant, and if he did spend time with his family, he preferred to spend time with his daughters and wife as opposed to Randy, (laughs) which, like, given what comes next, maybe he was on to something. You're like, maybe he just had, like, like a sixth sense. (laughs) Like, he was just like, oh, I know what's gonna happen here, and I don't want to be involved. Um... What's, like, really aggravating about this one is that he didn't really have a complicated or troubling childhood at Mm. all. Just, like, everything was normal. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Usually, like, you hear people's childhood become, like, serial killers, and it's, like, all this horrible stuff happened, but, like, no. (laughs) Just, like, pretty, like, nice, normal childhood. Like, there's really no reason. a, A chill childhood. Um. His dad worked as a production worker and his mom worked as a sewing machine operator and she served on the PTA at his school and baked cookies for his Boy Scout meetings. Okay, perfect. What an ideal childhood. Like, the only thing he said that Randy said later on that was troubling to him in his childhood was that he <laughs> he had he was prone to accidents. This is why, this is in his mind why he's the way he is. Okay. Because he would, like, fall down a lot. Which, like, save. Okay. <laughs> and I'm not murdering people. That we know so. of. True. <laughs> True. Like, that's it. That's that's the only thing. So, like, he, he was fell just, down a lot. He was just kind of, like, clumsy. <laughs> yeah, and that really ruined him, I guess. Okay, fair. Um, at one year old, he fell off the couch and broke his collarbone. Oh. And a few years later, he was knocked unconscious when he fell down a flight of stairs. That's unfortunate. <laughs> it is. I laughed, but Randy, you're that guy. <laughs> um, teacher 
was noted craft for his intelligence, enough so that in junior high he was invited to attend accelerated classes. Um, he founded a world affairs club, and he wanted to be a U.S. senator. Okay, I so far so good. Like, really, like, good upbringing, nice family, right? doing well in school, ambitious. Like, his dad was a little distant, mm-hmm. but, like... Same. Wasn't no one was like mean to him and his family? It doesn't sound like no. And you know he's a little clumsy. I just I can't I can't figure out where this all goes awry. <laughs> like it it just doesn't it doesn't line up. Mm-hmm. Um, in high school he knew he was gay, but he kept it from his family and friends. Mm-hmm. Sure. After graduating tenth in his high school class, he went to study economics at Claremont McKenna College, which was an all male school. During this time, he began having unexplained headaches, Uh and the doctors didn't know what was causing them, so they just prescribed him a medley of drugs. Sure. That they didn't know what it was, but they're like, we're just gonna do this. Throw everything at it. And since he was, like, in college trying to make friends, he was a gay man, didn't know, like, didn't express that to anyone, so there's a lot of, like, pent-up stuff. He Mm -hmm. started abusing alcohol. Sure. So he was mixing that with this medley of drugs for who knows what. Mm-hmm. So that that might have caused some problems. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm starting to see, starting to see yeah. that. <laughs> the um, abuse of alcohol mixed with his drugs um, caused him to do bad in school. He started to go. Oh. And it took him an additional eight months to graduate. That's Which isn't, saying. like, that bad. That's fine. Hey, it happens. People, you know, take your time. Yeah. If you need another eight months, who cares? No biggie. You're graduating. <laughs> um, he joined the Air Force when he graduated, mm. and he rose in rank to airman first class. I don't know what that mm. means, but it sounds important. <laughs> um, the same year that he was promoted, he felt um, comfortable enough to come out to his parents um, he described his mother as disapproving but understanding. Okay. okay. Um, but <laughs> his father went into a rage. Sure. Didn't want him around. Mm-hmm. Even more so than before, <laughs> apparently. Um, at the same time, he decided to tell his superiors in the Air Force, which, oh. like, at this time, didn't go over well for yeah, him, I as bet. you can imagine. Um, in June of 1969, he was j- discharged on the grounds for, like, medical reasons. Mm. They just said medical reasons. Mm-hmm. But he didn't have, like, a medical reason that would... Yeah, he was just gay. <laughs> yeah, and they were like, oh, no, no, no. Um, so after that, he had to move back in with his parents, mm. who were not happy about his quote-unquote lifestyle. lifestyle. So, and during this time, he began bartending as his job. Fun. Um, one day he met a thirteen year old runaway oh. named Joey Francher. This isn't gonna end well. Yeah, no, it's do- it doesn't. <laughs> Warning bad. <laughs> um Kraft told Francher that he could live with him, but once they arrived at Kraft's home, he drugged and sexually assaulted the boy. Francher escaped when Kraft left for work, and he was found like by a neighbor or something, and they called the police, mm-hmm. but the kid obviously was scared to tell the police what happened. Yeah. So he just said that he was beat up. He was drugged and beat up. Oh. And so they, and that he took the pills 
voluntarily so that he was like under the influence but like it, he wasn't like actually drugged mm. he was just beat up yeah the police did a search of randy's apartment but they did it without a warrant so he was not arrested or charged with anything <laughs> which is the start of every single story it appears yeah yeah so this was the beginning of Kraft's escalation of violence. Between 1971 and 1983, Kraft is believed to have killed a total of 67 victims. Oh my god. All of his suspected victims were males between the ages of 13 and 35, the majority of whom were in their late teens to mid-twenties. Many of his victims had been enlisted in the Marine Corps. Um, most of the victims' bodies bore evidence of high levels of both alcohol and tranquilizers in their blood, indicating that they had been rendered unconscious before they had been abused and killed. So, typically, they were lured into his vehicle with an offer of a drive or alcohol. Inside the vehicle, they would be plied with alcohol or or other drugs. Um, They were bound, tortured, sexually abused, and usually killed by strangulation, asphyxiation, or bludgeoning. Which is just, it's an awful thing, and also just the worst word. Like, it sounds like what it is. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, bludgeoning, no. No, thank you. Although some victims had also ingested fatal doses of pharmaceuticals, and at least one victim was stabbed to death. So he didn't, like, have a specific way of killing them. It was just, like, whatever was easiest, I guess. Yeah. Um, the victims would be discarded, usually, though not exclusively, alongside or close to various freeways in Southern California. Many of the victims were burned with a car cigarette lighter, usually around the genitals, chest, and face. Very disturbing next sentence, but in several instances, foreign objects were found inserted into the victims, mm-hmm. and they had been castrated or otherwise dismembered. Mm-mm. No. 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 Randy, you're crazy. <laughs> Randy, you crazy. Randy, why did you do this? Um, the majority of Kraft's murders were committed in California, although some victims had been killed in Oregon, with two further known victims murdered in Michigan in December of 1982. Oh. So he was just... All over the place. Taking the freeways. <laughs> and just... Just going on a nice little spree. Um... His first suspected victim of, like, actually murdering him and not just, like, sexually assaulting him um, was someone named Wayne Duquette, a bartender who worked at a gay bar called The Stables. Police found the 30-year-old man's discarded body off the Ortega Highway in California on October 5th, 1971. By the time Duquette was found, he was decomposed enough that any potential signs of foul play couldn't be detected. His death was ruled alcohol poisoning. You know how you get poisoned by alcohol and are found ditched on a freeway? Yeah, no, that's yeah. that's common, I think. Yeah. Duquette's murder was only linked to Kraft later on when they uncovered the scorecard. Mm-hmm. Starting in 1972, bodies began turning up along highways across California. They were all men, and most of them had evidence of trauma or torture. Between 1973 and 1975, there had been 14 victims all linked to the same killer by the FBI. 
The killer was profiled as being a person with above average intelligence who was very meticulous and organized. They also speculated that the killer had received military training, but they didn't have a suspect. In May 1975, there seemed to be a promising breakthrough when the skull of a young man named Keith Crotwell was found near Long Beach Marina, and two witnesses recalled seeing a drugged Crotwell in a Ford Mustang a few months prior in the area. I hate when this happens in stories like this, where you're like, you saw someone drugged getting into a Mustang and you didn't just like tell the police at that time. I know. (laughs) know? It's so irritating. Okay. It's just like, I don't know. If I saw someone being drugged and put into a car, like, I might, I might go out on a limb and, like, tell someone. Well, it's also, like, in those cases where you always hear about where it's like, he always threatened to kill her, but I didn't think he'd actually do it. It's like, well, why? why? (laughs) Or, like, really specific ways. Like, I didn't think it was, like, him, but, like, now that I think of it, he did say that he was going to throw her in the ocean, and she was found in the ocean. ocean. (laughs) I know, I'm always so annoyed when I hear stuff like that. I'm like, why didn't you just say something? Um, They were able to track down the car and called the police with the license plate number. They got Kraft, interrogated him. But he was released on lack of evidence, and the coroner ruled Crotwell's death accidental drowning. No. No. <laughs> like, what? Someone said they saw him being put into a car, and you're like, drowned. <laughs> <laughs> That's a drowning, love. Definitely drowned. I'm a coroner, I know things. Drowned. <laughs> on May 14th, 1983... Two California Highway Patrol officers saw a car driving erratically and swerving between lanes. They pulled it over, and the man driving immediately got out and started walking towards them. Which is (laughs) not what you should do. No. Don't do that. Um, He looked extremely disheveled. His pants were unbuttoned, and his dress shirt was buttoned up but wrong like it wasn't matching the buttons Mm. like it was like all crunkled (laughs) um and they could smell alcohol on him from like as far away as he was they were like whoa (laughs) oh no and of course that man was randy craft yeah yeah he was after he failed the sobriety test they put him in the back of the police cruiser to like inspect the vehicle Mm -hmm. while he was there They noticed a young man in the passenger seat, slumped over, his pants were down, and he had no shoes on, just, like, completely barefoot. Mm -hmm. They noticed, upon closer expansion, I just said, (laughs) inspection, ligature marks on his neck, and that his wrists were bound with rope. Mm -hmm. They took his pulse and realized the man was dead. It it took them that long to realize. They're like, well, he's not moving. He's slumped (laughs) over. He has marks on his neck that look like he was strangled. Let's just do a double check. Um, This was 25-year-old Marine Terry Lee Gambrel. Kraft was arrested on the spot. Good. Good. Good, yeah. A step in the right direction. (laughs) Further investigation of the car found a belt, the width of the one... That matched the bruising mm. around Gabriel Gambrel's neck. Um, other incriminating evidence included alcohol, 
tranquilizers, prescription drugs, and stimulants. The passenger seat and carpet of the vehicle was heavily bloodstained. Some fresh, some not fresh. Just completely bloodstained. However, Gambrel had no open wounds. So it wasn't from him. So they were like, okay. Um, The upholstery was removed for forensic analysis. And they confirmed that the blood was human. Good. Beneath the carpet, they discovered an envelope containing over 70 pictures of young men in pornographic poses. Many of the subjects in the pictures appeared either asleep or dead. (laughs) I'm going to say that maybe they weren't asleep in the ones where they look asleep. I'm just going to say maybe not. Inside the trunk, investigators found a ring binder containing a handwritten list of coded notations. Many entries appear innocuous, but each is believed to refer to a specific murder victim or double murder. For example, the entry reading EDM refers to the (laughs) initials of victim Edward Daniel Moore. Not electronic dance music? No, not this time. And the one chance, the (laughs) one scenario where this EDM would be better. I wish it had been. And it's not. It's the bad, the worst EDM. (laughs) Uh, Vince M. refers to victim Vincent Mestis. In other instances, entries indicate torture or mutilation inflicted upon the victim's bodies and or places they were last seen. The entry Marine Head BP, for example, is believed to refer to victim Mark Marsh, a Marine found decapitated, having last been seen hitchhiking towards Buena Park. Other entries simply refer to body dump locations. The entry Golden Sales, for example, refers to the fact that the body of Craig Jonatus, Jonatus, I don't know how to say it, I'm sorry, was found in the parking lot of the Golden Sales Hotel. A search of Kraft's home revealed further incriminating evidence, as if you needed more. I was going to say, there's been a lot already. Like, they're like, okay, blood, human blood. A lot of, like, things to kill people, Mm -hmm. um, pictures of dead people. We need more. Yeah. (laughs) We just do. (laughs) Uh, Clothes and personal possessions of the numerous young men who had been murdered over the last decade and missing men to... Mm -hmm. Um, fibers taken from a rug matched those found on another victim. In addition, the couch in Kraft's living room was identified as being the one in the photographs that they found in the car. Mm-hmm. So he just really outed himself in every way. Yeah, like, no kidding. Yeah, I do have a list and pictures. <laughs> is that is that would that be good? Would for that be you? good for you? By so, oh, this is the part. Sorry, this is like before I get to like the conclusion of this. In the, one of the sources <laughs> that I got stuff from was, like, one of those videos. Oh, God, I can't remember her name now. I'll find it, though, when we post. But she does, like, her makeup and talks about true crime. Oh, yeah, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, and she was, like, talking about this. But, like, one of the things was that when they pulled him over and they found all this stuff in his car, he literally wasn't even acting. Like, if you got pulled over for, like, a speeding ticket like you'd be more panicked than he was he was just like okay <laughs> like well <laughs> like he was just in the back like he wasn't like arguing with them he wasn't like panicked he was just chilling yeah. just like straight just like i'm fine <laughs> it was bound to happen at some point i guess nothing to see here by september 10th 1983 after Kraftsholm had been searched 
and a multitude of witnesses had been questioned, authorities gathered enough evidence to bring charges against Randy Kraft on 16 homicides. The list, however, had 60 entries in it, leading investigators to believe that the body count is likely more. (laughs) And, like, who knows when he started writing them down? Like, maybe that was, like, a newer thing. Um, The trial began on September 26, 1988, and was the most expensive one in Orange County history, lasting 13 months. (gasps) Wow. After three days of deliberation, the jury found Kraft guilty on all 16 counts of murder. He was sentenced to the death penalty on November 29th, 1989. However, he still resides on death row in California at the San Quentin State Prison and maintains to this day that he is innocent. (laughs) Now, Randy. Now, Randolph Stephen Kraft. That's not right. That just... You know that. That simply is not correct. He's like, yeah, that's my couch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a dead man. Dead on my couch. Mm Mm-hmm. His blood is in my car. Yeah. I did write it down that I killed him. Mm-hmm. But, like, who is to say? <laughs> it's, like, just because I wrote that I killed him and he is dead doesn't mean that I killed him. <laughs> and just because I have pictures of that doesn't mean that I took them. Just because I have a picture in my possession of a dead man does not prove that I killed said man. Even though I was probably the last person to see him. Sure. Who is to say? You have nothing. (laughs) You have nothing. It's all circumstantial. (laughs) I just, this one is like so frustrating to me because it's like, you get that with like when you're reading about all these awful serial killers and you like hear about their past and there's like the part of your like brain where you're like, oh, well, they had such like a rough childhood and then you're like, wait, no, like you didn't. That doesn't, that's still not right. (laughs) Plenty of people have rough childhoods and don't become demented murderers Mm. but like Randy didn't even have that like he didn't even have that yeah like yeah that is unusual to have such like a a normal upbringing and then to go on and be a serial killer that is quite quite strange I feel like there was probably some brain damage with his headache yeah and pills being prescribed well i was gonna say because you said that he fell down the stairs when he was younger yeah like you always hear about like serial killers like there's usually like a traumatic brain injury in their past so like i do wonder if like that fall down the stairs like if you got a concussion or something from it it. and then he had you know these headaches later on and it was never dealt with properly and maybe that was What set it off? They're like, here's just mystery meds. <laughs> Take these mystery meds. Help yourself. Drink your alcohol. Have fun. Also be, like, fired from your, like, dream job because of, like, homophobes. <laughs> also do that. That's probably good. Yeah. Mix that with that. Yeah, no, I think that's that's a recipe for success. <laughs> it's just, things were looking good for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I just like the visual of someone just, like, sitting in the back of a police cruiser being like, I mean, they found it. What am I going to do? I I didn't do it. (laughs) Exactly. Like, I truly, at that point, like, what are you going to do other than just kind of throw your hands up and go, well. Hey. And now, how many years later, still being like, I didn't do it. (laughs) That's, that is always so funny to me, like, in any sort of, like, crime or, like, murder case where it's, like, there's, like, unrefutable proof that this person did it like beyond a reasonable doubt like you are guilty 
why and especially now it's like he's already sentenced to death like he, there's nothing there's nothing to they got you <laughs> there's nothing to be gained from like continuing this little charade that like you're not guilty like why not just own up to it and be like yeah that was I did. <laughs> like no one like the innocence project isn't gonna come for you like this is not they're not gonna help you like there's not even a slim chance that someone will be like he was falsely accused. Like, you know get what? him out of here <laughs> like even though they have all that evidence mm-hmm. also i'm gonna show you a picture of him oh, okay like currently this is from 20 see if it, it's really blurry i can't see if it says 2017 or 2007 okay well <laughs> <laughs> but he looks like just someone that you would like work with that would be like really into like cycling like he just looks like that like you know what i mean <laughs> like you're gonna see the picture and be like yeah that person would have like an unsolicited like so i go out on the trails yeah. and i'm there for like two hours and i just like work up a sweat like that's his oh yeah no that man enjoy cycling that's a cycle that i have an uncle who's like really into cycling and i feel like they have a similar energy not saying that my uncle is a serial killer that's certainly well, not what i'm saying but i'm just saying like they have similar cycling energy they do <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah like, there would just be a lot of like talk about like cycling yeah I don't no know. he's just, just like he's just out there with like his cliff bar just like yes standing on like a In, like, like a trail tight- yeah Mm-hmm. Where it's like Tour de France. Yeah, no, exactly. No one asked this from you. You no. can just ride your bike without it, Randy. No, no I'm, yeah, I just think I'm, maybe in another life he could have just been a nice guy who was into cycling. Yeah. But instead he was a deranged guy. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> he, things he did. That. Unfortunately, unfortunately, all of that. Yeah, yeah. And only 16 they got him for. That is, it's alarming how many more there were, and it's unfortunate that those families will get no sort of justice for... And, like, some of the the different places I got info from, like, some places were saying there was, like, 70 pictures in the car, and some places were saying there was, like, 90 pictures in the car, so, like, there's... There could be more pictures too, than we know of, so. That's always crazy to me. Like, you hear about cases like this every once in a while where it's, like, the person just has, like, an astronomical number of victims. And it's just, like, how did you have time to do anything else other than kill people? And, like, he bartended, like, for a while, <laughs> too. So it's, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like if you were a murderer, like, some of that, most of that would be happening at, like, night. Yeah. Like, ditching the body. So I'm, like if you're bartending how we somehow talk it so that he is innocent like we like wait like, a minute wait. <laughs> he couldn't have done it he was bartending at the stables oh god that's so horrific it's so it's he was also called like something freeway killer mm. I, but there's so many like freeway killers yeah that like, I, that's like not original no scorecard killer that's that's sinister. There's pictures of the scorecard. I'll post it when we do our, like, Instagram post, but those exist. Hell yeah. Brother. Hey, brother. Um, that was great. I really enjoyed that. Well, I didn't enjoy it, but, like... <laughs> but I enjoyed it. <laughs> I enjoyed it, you know? Um, love, love are my favorite murder episodes. They're always fun to do. They are fun. I just, I think it's fun to have themes sometimes. We can't commit to a theme always. That's 
too much. We, we like tried and we failed. <laughs> we like to chat. It's not for us. Yeah, no, but it is, it's fun to do, you know, themed episodes for the month of October. Um, and okay. this, the, my favorite murder one, it's just become such a, like a standing tradition. Like we have to do it every year. So, exactly. um, yeah, I don't know if you guys want to keep up with us on the social meds. You can follow us uh, on Twitter and Instagram at HonestlyPod. We're also on Facebook uh, slash HonestlyPod. That was weirdly <laughs> worded, but that's fine. Um, you can email us at the HonestlyPodcast at gmail.com. You can email us at the Gmail. <laughs> I literally like almost said that. Um, we also have a website, which is the HonestlyPodcast.wixsite.com slash home. Don't forget the slash home. It will lead you nowhere. Um, we also have merchandise for merchandise, which you can get to by clicking on the merch tab on our website, or you can go to honestlypod.threadless.com. Hell yeah. Check it out. There's some fun stuff. Um, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen. Um, it means a lot to us. helps us out, you know. Keeps, climb those charts. Climb those charts. Keeps the lights on over here at Honestly Pod HQ. Um, but yeah, if you leave us a review, don't forget. Don't forget. Don't subscribe. To don't forget to send us a screenshot of your review, and we'll send you some limited edition Honestly Pod stickers. Limdish. They're so limdish. You Lim, wouldn't even believe it. And I cannot stress this enough. Dish. Vintage. <laughs> vintage. Pure vintage. <laughs> um, is that it? That's all. Alright. Bye. Bye.